What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mindset Podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Dave Goodall. Dave is a business owner, coach, speaker, and consultant who specializes in helping organizations and entrepreneurs find their purpose and improve their overall performance. Dave is an incredible family man, an incredible businessman, and he drops a lot of great golden nuggets throughout this episode, so stay tuned. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mindset Podcast. Today, we are joined by Dave Goodall. Dave has years of experience as a business coach and consultant out of North Carolina. He is also one of the few people in the world that is certified to teach energy leadership. Welcome again to the podcast, Dave. Hey, thanks to be here. Glad to be so, here. <laughs> so just some context uh, for, for our listeners. We actually had you on before. We had a killer episode with you and we accidentally deleted that one. Rookie mistake on our part. So it's yeah. good. It's, it's a great excuse to have you back on and talk to you again. Yeah, no, it happens. <laughs> well, I mean, what was awesome too is, is you guys got to experience to go through the ELI um, assessment and the debrief. And, and, yes. uh, and having that, it'll probably change our conversation a little bit and steer towards uh, kind of some of the self-discovery you guys had identified through that experience. Definitely. It worked out perfectly. Uh, Gabe, take it away with the warm-up questions. Got you. Yeah. So Dave, uh, I don't remember if we did this with your, your last episode that we accidentally lost, but again, glad to have you back. Our very first question um, for you is a little bit of a lightning round. I think we talked about this the last time we spoke, but who is your favorite motivational speaker and why? <laughs> kind of a trick question because my favorite motivational speaker is me because I have to motivate myself every day to get out of bed and do my workout and get to work. But uh, who has been my inspirations? Um, if I'll tweak the question a little bit. Um, one of my inspirations was uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dr. Bruce Lipton. Um, they're not really the ins- it's motivational speakers, but from their research and sciences has taught me how to um, self-discover myself, self-discover my judgments, which puts me on the path to be a better communicator and better listener. So where motivation is instinctual as opposed to constantly be searching for that's a great answer. I've never heard someone, but it's so true. I like that answer of you are your best motivational speaker because it's true, right? When, when every, right. on your day-to-day life, you're the one that has to motivate yourself, not another person, a third party. It has to be yourself. I love that answer. Right. Right. That's very good. The, the second question we have here, this is more of a, of a general question getting into your line of work and what you do. Um, we mentioned that you are one of the few certified people in the world that's certified to teach energy leadership. I'm sure some of our listeners right now are wondering what is energy leadership? Cause I, I know when we spoke for the first time, I didn't have any idea what that was or what that is. So why don't you elaborate a little bit about that? Yeah. So energy leadership for me, um, you know, as you guys know, and I'll let your audience know is I, I've got a background in electrical engineering. I got, I got a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. I spent 20, 22 years in the IT industry, a lot of it in consulting integration and production, leading teams, high level fortune 100 teams and such. And um, there was always just this, I don't know how to explain it, just like a little struggle. And I couldn't figure out what it was until I went down the path and I got certified in in energy leadership. And it's just putting a name or a title to the types of energies that we use on a daily basis. You know, Mm -hmm. having that electrical engineering background, Mm -hmm. I've learned. And then Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dr. Bruce Lipton, everything's energy. You know, and and another example, like last week, I was at softball hitting lessons with my daughter. And even the softball hitting coach is like, We need to trap and use that energy off that back leg, you know? So I guess some of my misbeliefs in the past was energy is woohooey. And now I've learned that energy is in everything. 
I mean, we're nothing more than vibrating molecules. We're at the atomic level. And it's just how do we leverage our energy? And, and as you guys went through, we break down energy into two parts, anabolic and catabolic. So anabolic is that growth-oriented. It releases all the chemicals and hormones to instill growth and calmness and, and success. And that catabolic is more of that fight or flight. And what you guys probably discovered through the ELI assessment is identifying, you know, neither energy is good or bad, um, but are we being triggered into our catabolic space? How do we get, you know, triggers are based on our judgments, our beliefs, our programming. You know, Dr. Bruce Lipton and, and Joe Dispenza discovered this, that our programming happens between birth and seven. That's where our unconscious is programmed. Our values, our beliefs, our behaviors, our, um, you know, all that stuff's developed by the age of seven. And then here, doing going through the ELI, you get to understand how those energies were programmed and how you're using them today, whether it's mm -hmm. enabling you for success or blocking you, creating that self-sabotage. You know, I'll let you guys share what you experienced through that of, of that discovery, you know, and having that discovery allows you to have that understanding of how you judge and then how those judgments are showing up in your life. Yeah. I think, I mean, energy leadership is something that, I mean, it wasn't until we met you that I had even heard of the term to be completely honest, but I mean, something that I learned, I mean, through going through the debrief and the ELI assessment is, you know, kind of learning how to channel that energy, whether it's the catabolic or the anabolic and using it to my advantage. Right. And like to your point, what you said a couple minutes ago is just that, you know, the, the brain, the mind, it develops from the ages of one to seven and I'm 20 years old and I'm trying to now fix some things that I might've, you know, not on purpose, but I might've developed over time, you know, whether it was through my parents teaching me or just school. And now I have to correct myself and correct the energy that I put into certain things to use it to my advantage. Um, and I mean, I've never really gone through anything like it before. I mean, we've taken a couple of assessments for school and, and classes and things like that. And, you know, one of those, you know, those, oh, what, what character are you? Or, you know, one of those type of things. But this is something completely different. I mean, I encourage everyone to do it and go through it because it's definitely eye opening to, you know, to yeah. inner self, right? Yeah, what's helped me is I, I continued on and I got my master's practitioner in neurolinguistics programming, hypnosis, and mental emotional release. And having that foundation of the energy levels allowed me to understand, you know, basically we're receiving 2 million bits of data to our frontal cortex per second. We can only process 126 of those bits consciously. And those are processed based on our current emotional state and our emotions are stimulated. You know, that's our energy resonates based on where we are emotionally, whether we're releasing that catabolic emotions or anabolic emotions. And then What's helped me too is having that master crack in NLP is now how do we leverage language patterns, not just with ourselves, but when we're trying to navigate a negotiation or an empowerment or being that leader, you can know, like you guys, both you guys came in as dominant level six people, which is the solution driven, the creator, the thinker. But if you're trying to lead a team of level two, those people that are in that fight or flight or anger, you guys come in at that level six, you're just going to make them more mad. So having that understanding and that knowledge going, oh, these guys are sitting at level two. I got to come in and get angry with them and start transitioning up to a space where we can actually have a conversation. And it was right. just neat to see you guys go through that process. Right. No, it was great. And for those of you who are still wondering what the Eli assessment is, basically it's a assessment of your character, of who you are, what kind of qualities you possess, where you're strongest at and where you're weakest at. Um, like Gabe said, it's like one of those that you take in school. Usually some, I'm sure some of our listeners have taken it. But this one's like in-depth, like hardcore who you are, that it makes you see things differently. And it was very neat for Gabe and I to take that 
uh, and Gabe and I actually had very similar results, which makes sense why we're doing this podcast, right? But Dave, I want to shift gears with you a little bit. Something that sure. we've spoken about in the past before, which is you have a very unique, I would say, ritual when it comes to forgiveness. Uh, a unique, I, I want to say ritual, but more of a philosophy about, around forgiveness. Why don't you share that with our listeners? Yeah, so um, part of my journey, I got to spend some time with Dr. Matt James. Dr. Matt James uh, it was a master prac in neurolinguistics programming. He was actually on, on tour with his father when he was 12 years old. He was the youngest firewalker with Tony Robbins back in the day. Mm-hmm. And from his ancient elders, and this is a huge thing in Hawaii, and I even talk, talk um, who's the big wave surfer? Uh, married to Gabby Reese. Um, anyways, like, his name will probably come to me later. I just talked about it yesterday. I'm having one of those days. Um, the, the key foundation is forgiveness. And, and a lot of us, we don't understand. We're nothing more than behaviors and strategies. You know, we often want to get mad at people, but it, because of their behavior and their strategy. So if we, if we remove the belief that no person is bad, they've just adopted a bad behavior or strategy, and we, and we approach the strategy or the behavior, then we can communicate to that as opposed to communicating as thinking, well, that person's just an a-hole, right? Um, so, and then part of that too is, is when we go through life, a lot of times we'll come to the other side and we'll be Monday morning quarterbacks, right? We'll show up Monday morning and you're like, oh, why did I do that this weekend? And then we'll start to beat ourselves up because, but now Monday morning, you have more knowledge than you did on Saturday when you're out drinking with your boys, <laughs> right? So, um, so forgiveness is going through a ritual. They call it Hopo Opo Ono. You can do a, a Google or a YouTube search on it. And I'm sure you'll find an audio out there about it, but the key foundation is you have to find a way to forgive yourself every day, like every night before you go to bed. So what I do is I'll just, an event or an occurrence, whatever, I may have offended someone through the day unintentionally. That's never my intention. But every night before I go to bed, I go through a Hopo Ono procedure to forgive anybody I may have offended to allow myself to forgive myself so that I don't bring that negative energy to the start of my next day. You know, it's so interesting because a lot of what I've learned over the past couple of weeks and even months is really, you know, how you end your day, you know, how you get into bed has so much to do with how you start the next day. Right. And that's something that I've had to improve on myself too, is because I might be, you know, on my phone late at night, or I might be watching TV, watching basketball, whatever it is. And I might not give myself the opportunity to kind of wind down and get into that sleepy mode where I can then, you know, be productive as I want to be the next day. And it's so, you know, what you said there is just going through that, you know, that, uh, that approach and that philosophy of forgiving, not only yourself, but those others around you, because it's, it's so true. It's like, no one, no one does anything intentionally to hurt others. You know, at least we don't want to think that. Right. So I think it's so important for you to adopt that philosophy because you can go into that next day, you know, Monday morning, still with that in the back of your mind. Right. And that can affect the rest of your week. So I think it's so important to really pay attention to what you do the night before. And then it might even take into account how your day is going that next day. Right. How your morning will start. Yep. And I'll add to your comment there is like no one will intentionally hurt anybody, at least we hope not. And if you to, to kind of blow your mind a little bit, hurt people hurt people. I mean, it's, it's a common instinct. If I'm hurting, I want you to feel what I'm feeling. Right. So again, it's a behavior. It's a behavior that they've learned at some time to get them the outcome they're looking mm-hmm. for. It's just they've adopted a bad behavior or a bad strategy. And if we talk mm-hmm. to that person that's trying to intentionally hurt someone it's like for what purpose are you I'm like obviously you're hurting why are you trying to hurt me and then you talk through that as opposed to 
right? And so that's, that's how I approach people. When people come at me mad, angry, whatever, I, I approach the behavior, not that as them being a bad person. Because the, the, the core emotion of all of us is love. You know, and with love, you can't have anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt. It just, it can't exist. It, it blows away. Mm-hmm. So when you can approach someone that's hurting someone with love and then just try to approach that as a bad behavior or a strategy, and then how do you communicate linguistically to see them see the love that's available in life? Yeah, that, like we've spoken about before. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done, but forgiving, forgiving is, is a hard thing for many people to do and a hard thing for people to grasp because I think our, our, our first reaction is to get back at them. How, how, can we, how can we get back at them to make them feel the same pain they, they inflicted on us? Uh, but, you know, I think it's, it's fascinating because to your point, Dave, if you keep that anger, that resentment inside of you, that negative energy, and you bring it onto your next meeting that had nothing to do with your previous encounter with whoever, per, whoever hurt you, then now you're just, it's like a snowball effect. Now every person you interact moving forward, yep. you're going to leave a negative uh, energy, a negative vibe to them. So it's important to cut that off as soon as possible. And, and we're seeing that in the world today, right? We're seeing a lot of level one energy really victim at the circumstances. And then we're pointing fingers and we're blaming and we're not having accountability. It's when we see and a lot of people, you have to have personal accountability before you can hold others accountable. So what we're seeing in the world today is no one, a lot of people are lacking and haven't been taught the behavior, the strategy to have personal accountability. It started mm. with the first question today. Who's my motivational speaker? Me. Because I have to, to talk kind mm. and caring to myself to motivate myself. So how can I show up in the world and hold others accountable if I'm not holding myself accountable? But that's mm. where it starts. It starts in between the ears. That conversation of forgiving myself for what I did because I had no intention of harming or hurting. How do I show up with love and approaching people as their behavior and their strategy and, you know, finishing that day with forgiveness and just showing up with love. And and again, I don't want this to be misinterpreted as I'm a pushover, (laughs) you know, just let people treat you poorly. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, if you can hold yourself accountable when someone's showing up in a bad behavior strategy, you hold them accountable. And if you can't get through to them, then you move on. Like there are so many other people in this world today that are looking for that next step up that are looking for that, that next, you know, rise in their success in their career and their communication and creating community. I'm not going to waste my time down in the trenches when I know I've got tons of people up here that are on the way up. Yeah. And what you said about negative self-talk, I think that's something that is so common, especially nowadays, right? I mean, we feel like what, what you went with your, with your question, with your answer to the question, I'm excuse me, um, that you are your own motivational speaker I see so many people in today's society that they depend on others, whether it may be a motivational speaker where it might even be their parents, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse for their happiness, for their motivation, for their purpose. Um, And I think it all goes back to exactly what you just said, being accountable, whether it's good or bad, right? Whether you made a a mistake, you know, own up up to it and, and, you know, apologize for what you did, but also credit yourself to what you can do as well. Right. And because I think we have so much power, but we're just, not willing uh, or not even, I guess, aware of, of what we can do. So we always automatically look to others. Right. And I think that's just a, a good point to make. And I guess going into our next question with your whole philosophy, especially around forgiveness, um, we're curious to know what is your biggest regret in life? If you have any, right. Cause a lot of people, <laughs> they might, you know, they might've done certain things, you know, they might've learned certain, certain lessons, but what is your biggest regret in life? Um, 
Yeah, there's really no regret regrets. You know, I wouldn't be who I am or where I am today had I not experienced what I had experienced, right? Maybe that's a cliche comment. If I were to look through it, I wished I had learned quicker because <laughs> I, I wasted a lot of my, a lot of time in my 20s and 30s with a lot of that fear and regret. And you guys were talking about negative self-talk. It, it was like when my daughter was five and I sat down with a mentor and he had me really listen to how I talked to myself. And I was not a nice person myself at all. Like he asked me, he's like, when you talk to yourself inside, is it something you'd say to a friend, a loved one, or a family member? And I was like, no. He's like, well, then why do you talk to yourself that way? Mm. And that was kind of my wake up moment was, you know, that if I have to regret anything was recognizing that I waited until my late thirties to learn how negatively I spoke to myself. And, you know, I wished I would have found a way to change that earlier. But again, on the flip side, I wouldn't be who I am at the age I am with the family, the opportunities, the business I've created, you know, the experiences in the industry that I worked in, like that all wouldn't have happened. So really no regrets. I just wished I had identified that negative self-talk a heck of a lot earlier, like you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dave, what would you, if you could go back, right. And you can go back to talk to your 19 year old self. What kind of advice would you give? Would you give nineteen-year-old Dave? That's a that's a difficult question. Um, yeah, it's it was what was it? My daughter, my oldest daughter. I think I told you guys was diagnosed autistic. Uh, you know, kind of like socially awkward when she was around 11, 12 years old. So there's a lot of undiagnosis. Um, so probably around my. My early 30s, my dad sent me the DVD, The Secret, and I learned about the law of attraction. And um, I didn't see that until my 30s, but it resonated with me because when I was young and dumb, I could get anything. I like <laughs> I had law of attraction dialed in. And yeah, um, yeah. right around that 19, 20, 21, when I was going into college, that, that NST, that negative self-talk was creeping in. And I lost it. You know, I had, I was having back issues. I love the snow ski, but I couldn't snow ski. My 19 year old self, I would hand him that DVD <laughs> to instill the curiosity, you know, cause okay. it, it's all been a journey since I got that DVD. And then my daughter was diagnosed. I discovered Dr. Joe Dispenza, doctor, you know, all these people, the neuroplasticity, the neurosciences, mm. having my engineering background uh, had led me to, getting energy leadership certified master practice in neuro-linguistics programming. Now I'm, I'm helping through those experiences. I have the ability to tap into people's energy with empathy and being able to help them navigate with language patterns. Like I've got two girls and I'm helping them. They're the top two salespeople in their whole company, all about leveraging their energy and their language patterns. How do we better communicators? How do we better listeners? And had I not experienced that, I don't think I'd be as good as I am in, in being able to do that. I think, I think that you're exactly right. I mean, especially with your last example that you just gave, um, you know, those, I feel like those who go through the fire are the ones who can really come out on the end and, and say they did it for themselves. Right. And then they can help people go through it. Right. I, especially with what you said about having no regrets. I think you're right. If you, if you hadn't had gone through those examples, those situations, through those um, experiences, you wouldn't be the Dave that we're sitting here talking to today and you wouldn't have the experience to teach those two sales, um, salespeople in their company and, you know, build them and grow them to the two top, you know, 
sellers on, on their on their staff you know so i think i think it's so important especially for people to to understand and grasp um in today's society especially because people you know they want to see the sunshine but they're not willing to go through the rain right yep and i think it's, it's go ahead. no go go ahead i was just yeah that. i was just gonna say it's just it's interesting because i'm attracting those people that like you just said, if I could go back and tell my 19-year-old self, <laughs> I'm attracting those people that are at that 19-year-old stage of me before it's that deep. Like the other night I worked with a, a PGA pro golfer. He's young. He's 28. He's over in Japan. He's in quarantine. We went through a mental emotional release session because he wants to walk away with a pro tour card, start a family, build a house, you know, and, and he knows that his, his struggles right now is between the ears. It's all mental. Mm he's been swinging a golf club since he was three years old. So it's not the golf thing. It's why do I get pissed off? Why can't I let it go? Why, you know, why do I self-sabotage? Why do I always worry about the cut? And, you know, because it's, it's that mental strength. It's that negative self-talk that gets to him when he's on the course. And like we went in there and just deleted that stuff. Let's reset. What's the strategy? How are we moving forward? How do we it's leverage your energy in the positive way? It's incredible how powerful the mind is, right, Dave? <laughs> it's incredible. It's, it's crazy. It, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's funny. I, when I think about how powerful the mind is, I think about, about this saying that our, our Gabe and I, our, our basketball coach would tell us all the time in high school is we would, we would do free throws at, at the very end of practice after long two hour practice. And the reason we would do it at the very end is because that's when we're the most tired. Right. And what we were doing is creating muscle memory, right? We'd be making sure our muscles remember how to shoot a free throw when our, when our legs are exhausted. Right. So when we're in a game fourth quarter, and things are tough or in overtime, we have that muscle memory of shooting the free throw. And I can't help but to think of our mind is also a muscle, right? It needs that muscle memory of, of training and how to be in intense situations so that when we are in actual tense situations, we can perform at our best. So exactly. And that's a lot of stuff we do in NLP is we do kinesthetic anchoring, right? Just for that. Like my, my public speakers will create a state well, you know, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? We'll have a visual estate and then we'll anchor it, anchor it to your earlobe, to your knuckle. Mm -hmm. So when they walk out on stage, they just hit that anchor and it takes them back to that hypnotic trance that we did through a session. That's cool. You know, same thing. My daughter, I do, I do uh, anchoring for hitting, you know, I'll go through before every game. Think of a time when you've hit a double or a triple. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? And I'll watch mm -hmm. sensory acuity. I'll watch her facial and I'll anchor that state to her earlobe and we'll go through three or four. Think of a tournament where you guys won the whole tournament. Think of, you know, so I'm getting all these happy moments. So when she gets in the batter's box, there's nothing to think about. Trigger it, release it. What does it take to hit a double or a triple? And the unconscious mind knows what to do. Let it go to work. That's exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. I, I do free throws when I'm exhausted. So that moment when I am exhausted and I get to the line, my, my unconscious mm -hmm. mind knows what to do. I don't have to think. If I'm in my head, I'm going to miss it. <laughs> if I get out of my head and I tell my unconscious mind, land this free throw it doesn't mm -hmm. and Dave before we jumped on this podcast with you we we ran a poll asking our viewers uh what you know to ask us questions so that we can ask you and one of Perfect. our our followers submitted this question uh he said Dave what is the best form of leadership right because there's different forms of leadership is there one specific form that you would say is the best or do you think it's dependent on the kind of person that person is I I think it depends on who you're leading. Um, I, I think you and I talked about this. There's, there's a, a the hierarchy of, of needs, um, which kind of shows the value system of where somebody is. Um, so when you look out in the world today, there's a lot of red going on, you know, mm -hmm. my way or the highway, because I said so 
the person to lead them would be the person that has more of the law and order. You got to kind of accommodate where they are, what their issues are, and how do you embrace them to take them to the next level of values for law and order. Now, once you have a law and order, the next level would be that entrepreneurship. There are, there are needs for, for laws, but you know, that orange entrepreneur mindset, which we determined that you guys are, sometimes we'll bend the rules a little bit to make, to enable that growth to happen. Now you got to have integrity. You got to have authenticity, you know, so it's not like I'm going to go murder someone to, to benefit. <laughs> There's certain rules that are put in right. place, but sometimes rules are there to be bent to be able to get us to the next level. I can't right. think of an example. So I don't think there's any one specific type of leadership. The leadership is determined based on who you're leading, mm -hmm. right? And think from a military perspective, they kind of come in and do a minor brainwashing at basic boot camp to get them to be able to be led from that level two, level three perspective. But then you look at the special forces, they have more of that level six leadership because now when they're in the trenches and stuff's going bad, they got to be thinkers, creators, solution providers, you know, the grunts, it depend, you know, even from a military perspective, you got to think of where is that person? Where are they going to be? What is the task they're going to be doing? And then how much, what kind of leadership is that person going to need be needed for them to be successful? Right. Okay. And that's, that's so important, right? Because you have to know your audience. It's like, it's yeah. like you're, you're, you're going to go speak at a, you know, a public engagement and, you know, you're preparing your speech for, you know, millennials, but your audience is a bunch of kindergartners. Right. It, it, right. You know, they're not going to receive it the same way. You have to know your audience. Right. And I think it's the same exact way when it comes to leadership, because it's, it's a lot of people, unfortunately, Anthony and I see it all the time. They might be leading by authority instead of leading by empathy. Right. And it's yep. something there's, there's a fine line between the two, because I guess by default, our society thinks that because you have a title or because you have a position that gives you yep. authority, but that doesn't necessarily make you a leader, right? And I think the best leaders, you know, at least we think are, you know, the ones that really can relate to you and can, can lead you with empathy instead of authority and, and, you know, be humble enough to say, Hey, I don't know this, but I'll figure, I'll figure it out instead of saying, no, I'm the boss, do it this way. And you're wrong. Right. But right. Dave, yeah, with that being said, about go ahead. I was going to say, we talked about that in the EOI, right? The level two leaders yeah. are the black and white, right and wrong, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, and, and that would be detrimental to you guys because you guys are the level six thinkers. You guys are the creators, the innovators. Yeah. If yeah. I come in and level two lead you guys, you're going to be miserable. And, you know, it's just, I'm not going to get the best view if I come in as a level two leader. If I come in yeah. as a level five, level six leader to you guys with a little bit of level two every now and then when I, when there's certain outcomes that I need and I need you guys to just, okay, right now. I don't need you to create. I just need you to do this task, but that leader is going to be able to navigate and communicate that effect. Another question that we have from Ashley from California, Sacramento, California. She asks, is being a follower okay? Is it okay yeah. to be a follower? Yeah, I, I think followers and leaders, they go hand in hand. I think you can't be a leader until you follow. And then you can critique that leader. Like, what worked with me, what didn't, you know, I think, I think that has, it's the yin and yang, right? You have to be a follower to be a leader, to be a follower, to be a leader. I mean, I'm, you guys, we started the call today. I'm coaching my fifties and I'm finding mentors so I can follow. What did you do? What did you do? Right. What were your mistakes? So I'm, I'm constantly searching for mentors older than me in the six areas of success that I'm looking for, but then I'm taking that and I'm finding people beneath me going, Hey, here's what I'm doing. So it's a, it's a push and pull, I think. Yeah.
Would you would you say leadership is for everyone? Because I know uh, everybody's a leader. Everybody's a leader. <laughs> okay. You know, you guys were leaders to get me on this call today. You guys came to me and say, hey, I've got an opportunity. This is what we're trying to do. So you guys showed up as sales navigators and you sold me on the opportunity to come to your show. You guys had to be leaders to get me here today. True. I never thought about it that way. But yeah, I think to some extent we're all leaders and maybe even at certain at certain times in our lives, maybe not our entire life, we're leaders. Some people are. They're born to be leaders their whole time in different situations. Uh, but some people are leaders. Some people are followers. And then it just I guess it depends on where, what stage in your life you're at. Right, Dave? Yeah. You just triggered the, the question. It's a trick question. What does it take to be a leader? Right. I'm afraid the, to answer that. And, and most people will go into this big philosophical one follower. True. When you have that opportunity for that one person to follow you, how are you going to lead? True. You're giving a person directions on the street. You're being a leader. You're leading them to a destination. Yeah. How are you going to lead that person? Right. It's not that deep, right? <laughs> it's not that deep. To be a, a leader, you just have to have one person following you. Hmm. I mean, and we, we've all done it. Any, any conversation in a classroom, in, in a job, like if someone's looking to you about, for advice, you're the leader in that conversation. Yeah. Hmm. Dave, what, what do the next five to 10 years look like for you? I know you're, you're approaching your 50 years. You have, I'm sure you have a bucket list somewhere crossing everything off. Uh, yeah, what the next I, I've been blessed. Like? I've been blessed. I, I, um, I hired a marketing team um, about a month ago. The one thing that I have always struggled with is putting to words what it is I do. And I hired this marketing firm called Oakwave and Nicole at Oakwave has been uh, fabulous. So we've rebranded my company as Tap Mental and Mental Blueprints. So how do you tap into your mental to be a better communicator, to make a positive impact, not only on your business, but in your personal life. Um, so we're, we're launching tapmental.io and I'm leading with the five step sales strategy to integrity sales. I'm teaching you how to leverage energy and neuro linguistics into your communication, more listening patterns on how to walk someone through a sales cycle and not as a used car salesman. It's more of a, how do you show up with integrity sales? How do you build rapport? How do you leverage sensory cue? How do you leverage your energy and read theirs to sell a product or service that you know would be beneficial to that person? So I'm leading with that. And then the, what I'm noticing is a lot of business owners and leaders are going right to mental emotional release mm. to be a better leader and listener. You can't have your baggage. So if you're holding on that zero to seven, our programming, we program all of our anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt, mental, emotional release. If you go out to YouTube and look it up, Dr. Matt James, I'm now certified in that. Once you remove those negative emotions around a particular area in your life, you become a better communicator, a better listener, a better leader, a better negotiator, you know, it just opens up doors to success all the way around. So my, my main focus right now is helping sales teams from businesses all across the world and helping individual leaders um, remove their crap to make a better leader to take that home to impact their communities in a positive way. Wow. Well, Dave, let me tell you, I think what you do couldn't have come at a better time. And I know you've been doing this for some time now, but I think especially in the current uh, situation, the current environment that we're all pretty much going through with this whole COVID situation, mental health, I think, is, a, is, is at an all-time high. And I think, you know, I applaud you for what you're doing, you know, with your energy leadership and the assessments and, and who you're working with, your clients and all that you do, because I think this information needs to be pushed out. Um, and I, I can't think of any, anyone better than, than you to do it. So really excited for what's to come. Uh, like Anthony mentioned, we, we're, we're boys now. We feel like you're like one of our uncles or something because we've talked to you so many times now. 
but we definitely got to catch up if, if we're ever in North Carolina we definitely we definitely got to got to go by and and smoke a cigar or something with you but uh yeah I heard you guys are whiskey cigar guys and I, I like to participate in that from time to time as well so definitely we'll definitely make it happen but Dave before we log off where can I where can our uh, our listeners find you are you on Instagram LinkedIn website where you at yeah I'm on LinkedIn and uh my company name that I'm relaunching right now is Tap Mental. So my website will be tapmental.io. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under David Goodall. And I'm under Instagram. I'm going to have to look it up because I think it's at David underscore Goodall. I think that's how I met you guys was through Instagram. Yep. Um, yep. We connected through Instagram. I've, I've seen your Instagram so many times. I believe it is David. <laughs> so David underscore, underscore Goodall. Yeah. Yep. David underscore yep. Goodall. <laughs> LinkedIn and, and Instagram is where you find me most often. You'll, most of my, uh, my stories on Instagram is, is me in my gym. Um, my Easy mental dog. emotional release and my coach got me out of my head. I kept thinking I'll, I'll work out in the afternoon. Now it's six 30 in the morning. I'm in my gym. That's how nice. I start my day. So, um, yeah. And then as you guys were mentioning earlier, a lot of my Instagram is my family stuff. So it's just, it's yes. my personal life. Um, one of my big values, um, is, is congruency, right? So I can't tell my clients to do something I'm not willing to do. So I lead showing how I live my life. I live in my life with my family, with my business. So I'm an open book. <laughs> That's awesome. That's beautiful to see. Thank you, Dave, for, for the golden nuggets that you dropped today. And if anybody who is listening is interesting and interested in, excuse me, interested in contacting Dave, make sure to reach out to him through LinkedIn, his website, or through IG. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. As promised, Dave dropped some golden nuggets on this episode. He brings such a new and fresh perspective on the way we do business today. Like Anthony mentioned in the episode, we had the pleasure of participating in the ELI assessment, and we definitely recommend you do as well if possible. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share with all your friends and family, and make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.